Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am your host, Michael Sherlock. This month, we are talking about Mindful May. And all month and all of my guests are focused on helping us to better care for our own mental health. And my guest today is going to give us some really unique perspectives on this, not just from her own background, but what she does every day with her clients. So Stacey Berenfuss is on a mission to guide female change makers to get this freedom and fulfillment. And she wants them to feel that they are limitless and to also leave a legacy. And Stacy is the founder of the Catalyst Group and creator of the Inside Out Success Method, which is a system at the core of her premier consulting program for female change makers, which she calls Limitless with Stacy B. And that's because most people can't pronounce her last name like I did the first time off. There we go. Stacy's the owner also of a seven-figure real estate company. And she's the founder of the Truth Teachers, which is trademarked, and the Ultimate Breakthrough Accelerator also trademarked. Her customized results-oriented approach to personal development is reflective in her unmatched intuitive, her one-to-one consulting, her intimate group coaching, and exclusive certification program. Now, here's where we're really going to dive into her background as well. She began her entrepreneurial journey in the real estate industry at the early age of 19. And through that, she also sustained herself and her business through the housing crisis of 2007 to 2010 and continued to build the business to be what it is today. And she's also now one of the top real estate teams in the state of Idaho. In fact, we know that she uh, and I kind of uh, were some were in the neighborhood kind of similar from Eagle, Idaho to Spokane, Washington. It's not a very long drive. So joining me today is Stacy. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me, Michael. I'm really excited to be here today. And, and I said, you know, uh, like I told you before we started taping, you know, I'm kind of from your neck of the woods, kind of close, or you're in Eagle, Idaho, and I was in Spokane, Washington. I kind of figure like every single thing in the state of Idaho is close to Spokane, Washington, one way or the other. You could drive to it easily in a day, but uh, I love the area. It's beautiful. So congratulations on, on building such an incredible business and then turning your sights elsewhere. So I hit some of the highlights. Tell us in your own words a little bit more about you and your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yes. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I started my real estate company at an early age. And when I started, I really wanted to change the pace of real estate. You know, I, I wanted it to be different because I was here and I, you know, started doing that with my clients and then built a team so we could impact more people. And that's, you know, what that is today. Um, mm-hmm. We've also developed some tools of my real estate company that you know, help realtors be them best, their best selves, which is what's really, you know, at the core of my mission is to um, really help people return home to their power, their potential, um, and really awaken all of themselves so that they can step into who they're supposed to be. So that's what I am you know, doing now with my, my clients and the um, high-performing women I work with is just helping them 
see the truth, you know, shining a light on the truth of what may be holding them back in any way and um, helping them see that the power lies, you know, in their own hands and their own inner state and um, guide them to, you know, really realize their potential in an accelerated fashion because, um, you know, especially as a woman, we are um, most powerful when we are, you know, tapped into ourselves, we're, you know, energized, we're up on our self-care routine. And, you know, we've been living in a world where we were not necessarily like living by our rules as women. Like we fit in this masculine paradigm, which is work to a certain point, but it's a lot of stress on a woman we need more flow and, and space. And so really just, you know, helping women get that by not compromising, you know, their level of success along the way. Yeah. And I think that's really important is, is understanding yourself is so critical to being able to embrace and kind of come into yourself, you know, and it sounds almost paradoxical, but you know, you have to really see what you're capable of and know that that's what you want to achieve in order to sometimes take the steps to get there. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when people come to you and they start working with you, you know, what are some of the first things that, that are holding them back from realizing all that potential? Yes. Yeah. So it, it's fascinating to me just because there are a few key, you know, limiting scenarios, if you will, limiting beliefs that, that show up, you know, one of them is, is hiding in some way. So, mm-hmm. you know, holding themselves back. And, and it's funny because, you know, these women are seven, eight, nine figure business owners. I mean, they're, they're doing big things, you know, and there still is this element of, of compromise internally or lack, you know, lack of self-care or not, just not totally going all out in one way or another, like they really want to. Um, so that's one of them. The other one, um, you know, is just maybe they've built a business and they want to pivot and they, you know, are like, well, I, I can't because I am the bread, you know, breadwinner, I'm paying all the bills. How do I, you know, realize that that's another one. And then, you know, the, the last most common one is as women, you know, we've figured out some of us to be powerful in the workplace by being kind of like domineering or controlling, you know, we value control very much and it, it's not going to be the thing that gets us to the next level. So we have to release the fear, which is at the core of control and wanting to control everything. And so that would be the last one. And the most powerfully, you know, I, I call them weeds, like the, the, mm-hmm. the, the most powerful weed that you could pluck, you know, and replace mm-hmm. with a loving state so that you can progress to the next level. I would say. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because, um, I, when I look back over the evolution of my career, when I was not a business owner, but when I worked for other people, um, I went kind of on the gambit, you know, like, you know, okay, I'm going to be the first one in, I'm going to be the last one out. I'm going to, you know, give it my all. And of course, you know, that burns you out. All right. So next time, like, I'm going to have total balance and I'm going to do this all right. And I'm going to look happy all the time. And that, you know, doesn't work either. And so (laughs) all these evolutions until I got to the last, you know, 10 years of my corporate career. And I was just kind of tired of the baloney. Um, I didn't want to play a game. I didn't want to play politics. I just wanted to motivate my team and I wanted to have, you know, high energy, high results. And you know, what I found is that 
um, especially in some of those environments is that because I didn't want to play politics and because I didn't, man, that doesn't mean that you're not playing politics. People are playing politics with you. Yes. <laughs> you Absolutely. are like over here going, Hey, but I got a great team. Everything's going great. Oh, guess what? And that, that, you know, trying to find a way of, of balancing all those parts of you of what you really want and bringing them to fruition while being mindful that everyone around you might have different plans. It's yes. not easy. <laughs> it's not at all. And and it's just amazing, especially when, you know, you're on a mission to achieve and do whatever you're after. It's, it's amazing who and what will come out of the woodworks to try and get in your way. And I, and I always say, you know, that's a great sign because you know, you're on the right track. If you have a right. lot of speed bumps, you know, or even roadblocks. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a really good point is that, you know, if you're not having any friction, then, then you're probably not on a road that has any traffic. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well I just came said. up with that. That was brilliant. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> I need to put that on my wall. Like that's my yeah. new, cause I'm having a lot of friction on some uh, other things this week. Now I got to remember that good. That's we're on a road. That's a new road. We haven't leveled it out yet. Okay. That's gotcha. So yeah. I love that. Um, I also thought it was interesting. You were talking about women who come to you when maybe they've built a company and, mm -hmm. and they want something different. And I think as women, when we build things, we're mm -hmm. so emotionally attached. I mean, yeah, maybe one thing saying, Hey, but I know this income's here. Um, uh, or maybe I want to sell it, but I don't really want to sell it because when we build things, we feel like they're a part of us. And, and I have a very good friend who talks about, you know, when she sold her business, it was like handing away your child you know, to a stranger and just saying here, all right, you go for it. And, and that's so hard sometimes to take that leap. And we pull it in sometimes to the next part of our adventures. If we haven't manifest, if we haven't, you know, dealt with it or gone through that, um, gone through the grief process with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, that's what happened with my, my real estate company. I knew I wanted to make this shift in 2016 actually, and just did last June. And it was a process for me. You know I mean? it was the first, I mean, the first love, the middle love, you know, it's been the last 15 years of, of that as my identity as well. So I, I totally get that. And we all have a journey to detach in a way so that it can be like a healthy transition almost. So it yeah. can, you know, walk and fly without you because you've given it all the tools that it needs to. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because I think that's a really great example. I wanted to do it in 2016, but I didn't finish that part of the process until the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's a real testament to the fact that it's not easy, but I think that when you do it purposefully, what's really interesting is this business that I'm building now, I never, I, it was probably three years into the business where I realized I was building it to have components that could be sold at some point in time. Yeah. Not that I have to, but that I could, but, um, it's really interesting to, to try and go into it with that mindset. I don't think it's going to make it any better if somebody came along and said, okay, we're ready to hand you this check for this part of your business, but at least it feels like I'm, there's some part of that process I am controlling while thinking about it ahead of time. Absolutely. I think you hit it right on the head. That's everything to be successful in the transition. Because for me, I, I didn't have that plan. I was just like, I'm going to sell a lot of real estate. I'm, you know, going to create this business. There wasn't that foresight, you know, of like, this is what it's going to be in 15 years. And now I am similar to you, like purposely lining that out. And wow, it feels so much different. 
you know, of just how things are going to look. And it's happening so much faster as well, because I'm so clear. So I think that's amazing. You're doing that just because it it helps with that whole process. I hope so. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know in 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) So now this is just a totally random question though, but you know, what possessed you at 19 to go into realty and, you know, did you have a role model in that? You know, cause that's not, that's not an easy career for someone at 19 to jump into. Yeah. So, you know, I was actually started a little bit before that. So I didn't have a role model, you know, per se that like I looked up to it in my you know family or, or we had a friend or something like that that I had exposure to, but I, um, I had a, a pretty rough childhood just as far as, you know, how I was raised and, and didn't have any certainty at any, at any time. And so that was my life and I was used to that. So risk and, and, you know, going for it was in my blood, which is like a gift, you know, coming from that. Um, yeah. But I was a senior in high school and actually kidding around with some friends and they said, and I said, you know, I'm going to apply as a salesperson at this resort real estate office. And I, I didn't have my license then. And the, the company ended up reaching out to me to um, interview me as an admin assistant. And I, I was hired and that's how I started working in the real estate world. And so I'd work part-time while I finished my real estate career. And I fell in love with it because I saw, you know, that there was opportunity to make it better. And you know, the agents wouldn't call the clients back right away. So then I would call the clients so that they didn't, you know, go home wondering where their offer was at. And, and so I just, I kept doing those things and that, that's what really attracted me to then go yeah. and get Yeah. That's a great story. Um, and it, and you're absolutely right because, uh, I told you right before we started taping that my husband and I have been, you know, on this journey, uh, to find where our next home is in Florida And along the way, we actually, you know, there's kind of two parts of the state that we want to be in. We actually have a realtor in each one. So, and they know about the other, you know, they're not jealous. They're like, whatever, we just want to make sure we find you the right house. Um, But what's really interesting is that the, the way that we found each of them was different, but the, um, the other people that we interacted with. So let me, for instance, there was a house that we wanted to see in Clearwater. And so it said, you know, we were on realtor.com. So we, you know, click here to talk to the listing agency agent. <clears throat> so I'm thinking I'm getting a listing agent, which I'm not, but I get this call from this wonderful woman who we just absolutely adore. Actually I have no idea who the listing agent is, but at the same time I had somebody else probably f- 10 minutes later, send us a message and then call and say, Hey, I saw you're looking at my house on blah, blah, blah. And I go, Oh, are you the listing agent? She's like, Oh, and I just, it felt really weird and uncomfortable. And I was like, I said, well, we've already been, we've already had somebody reach out and she's um, setting up a, a, a tour for us. And the woman on the phone was like, Oh, well, who is it? And I'm like, well, her name's Jessica. I just met her, you know? And she's like, Oh, and it was so weird. So when I, I, we told Jessica when we met her and she's like, she goes, well, I just haven't have a faster auto dial. So when I get, you know, that <laughs> here's a lead, like I'm on it right then. And we've laughed about it so much over the last few months about, you know, just that sense of how you're treated and how you're interacting with and And, you know, don't be mad if somebody else, you know, is going to show a house if you weren't the first one to the occasion because it, it doesn't make me want to work with you anyway, you know? Right, absolutely not. I know, it's just all about, it's, it's all about serving. Like what I'm hearing you say is something I talk to my team about all the time. It's like, we have a choice every day to focus on ourselves mm-hmm. or focus on serving the client. 
and asking mm-hmm. them what they need. And I think that's, that's that different, the differentiator between those two women is one was worried about getting to you quickest, serving you quickest. And the other was leisurely kind of like focusing on how this was going to serve her is, is what I got mm-hmm. the, the feeling. Yeah. I think so too. And it's, you know, in real, real estate, you know, realtors are, you know, I mean, just like any of us, different, different personalities, but our other one that we met several years ago in Naples, Florida, you know, I feel like every time we go, we're like, she'll line up all these places and we're like, no, they're not quite right. And the, the last time we were there, she showed us, I think we saw like 13 places in a day. Wow. And I'm like, I, you I go, we must be driving you crazy. I mean, like we've been bugging you for four years and we still haven't bought anything. And she said, you know, number one, I like you guys. So that's great. She goes, number two, I love showing places. It's fun. She said, number three, even if you don't buy anything from me, your mother-in-law has a condo here. And at some point in time, if she wants to sell it, I know you're going to call me to list it. And I go, Hey, that was, I mean, that you, you could have even led with that. And I'd be happy because that's, it's honest and it's Mm -hmm. true. And that level of commitment was just really, you know, made, made me think. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's everything, especially when there's 10,000 realtors to choose from, you know, the cream rises to the crop, like in the industry. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So wonderful. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) We'll hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M L S six and enter the code Brazil 50 off in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we are back talking with uh, Limitless with Stacey B. Because I think, I just feel like that's how I should, you know, you should have a banner over you with that title. It just is amazing. And thanks for letting me go down a little bit of the rabbit trail with your realty business. Because I think it's amazing. And I love it when coaches who are working with people to move to their next level have done it themselves and have struggled with it and found success with it. Um, because I think that gives you great validity. Uh, and again, especially your honesty about, you know, even wanting to move from that business and taking the time to do it. It didn't happen overnight. You didn't say magically, okay, I got this. But, um, you know, all this month we're talking about how all of us can take better care of ourselves mentally, especially. And I think that, you know, dealing with the clientele that you have, you're dealing with a lot of emotional issues like we talked about. So what are your thoughts on, on having people really be able to take better care of themselves and their mental health and prepare them, whether it's for, you know, a next business venture, it's, you know, the next job, it's just maybe the, you know, the next transition in their life. You know, what, what are your thoughts and, and advice on the subject? Yeah. You know, I think, the, the biggest thing that I see, and if, you know, I were to look at what's the consistent message that I talk about 
it's about interstate. And when you're having a challenge, that is the challenge externally. And what we need to delineate is that it's not about the challenge, but our feelings about the challenge. So often we are experiencing, and I'll just use a simple example. You know, someone cuts you off in traffic. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is this person mindlessly cuts you off. That's where right. it stops. Thankfully, traffic is still going forward. No one's hurt, right? Right. But internally, there's all these stories and emotions that are coming up that are triggered by this person cutting you off. That is really, if we could all just take a hard look at those stories and emotions that come up when external circumstances happen, what that allows us to do is see that it's never about the challenge externally, but the stress and suffering is about the internal dialogue, commentary, and suffering that creates more chaos where you'll notice I got cut off five times this week in traffic and that never happened. It's because you didn't deal with the way that you felt the first time. And so the biggest thing is to pay attention to what is going on internally when external things happen. And it's truly the biggest gift if you choose to explore those feelings. Yeah. And that makes sense. So it's not like yeah, you might still have gotten cut off five times, but the reason that it's bugging you at number one or number five is because you didn't let that go after number one or number two or number three. <laughs> Otherwise, you might go, oh, I just got cut off again. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And just being able to understand that someone else could be getting cut off as well. And they're just happy as a clam eating their sandwich, listening to their personal <laughs> development, <laughs> like, you know, or, or the podcast. They're listening to your podcast, Michael, and they're having a ball. So it's, it's so important to look at it this way because it really can become that simple that instead of, you know, having these stories about, you know, this always happens to me or, or, you know, any sort of victim consciousness, we do have a choice to do something different. Yeah. I have a, 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 um, a gal that I've known for a long time. And she has uh, someone in her life who is dealing with addiction and Mm -hmm. she's, you know, always, well, she used to spend a lot of time talking about how unhappy she was that this person was dealing with addiction. And I remember the point when I said to her, you know, here's the thing, that person is dealing with addiction. They are either going to deal with it in the right way and fix it or not, but you don't have to keep interacting with them. Right. Or if you choose to, you're going to, at some point in time, you have to choose to love them no matter what that is or how to, to, to be in the same room with them. And, uh, and it's a hard thing. I mean, it's hard when maybe it's the fear of, you know, the, maybe, maybe you're losing your business. You know, how many people in this last year have lost their businesses because of, you know, unforeseen circumstances like a pandemic and the emotions that we have with those are so tough on us. And we tend to then, um, internalize them and eventually make them about us and our pain, which I mean, not to say that it isn't, but until we do deal with it, we can't move on to find whatever the next chapter is or, or learn how to live with that person with addiction or to find, you know, a new friendship or a new relationship. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the couple examples about the addiction and the pandemic, if you can look and see that whatever you struggled with during the pandemic, or if you have a situation with someone with addiction, 
that behavior of how you're showing up is likely a way you've shown up towards something else in the past. And if you can see your truth, which is, huh, I'm the common denominator here and reflect and say like, oh, I've had another friend that's had addiction and I've, you know, taken their material on. Um, I've wanted to fix them. There might be some opportunity for just exploring that further to get to the root of what your truth is. Right. And I think that's, that is, it's so um, poignant. And especially now as kind of we're coming out of, you know, we're coming out of pandemic mode and we're, you know, it's almost like we're opening the doors and peering out in the world again. And I think there's going, my, my assumption is there's going to be a lot of people who the fears of this world, and I don't just mean the fears of getting sick, um, but, or losing other people, but I mean, the fears of, you know, will my business survive this next, you know, realm or, you know, will I get a job again in some place that, you know, an area that I want to is that I have a feeling that our fears are going to manifest in a whole different way. Again, unless we start helping ourselves to take those deep breaths and relax and reflect and try to deal with the emotional uh, aspects that come right alongside of them. Yes. Yeah. And also understand that you can, and you, you totally have the choice. If you want to create a new vision for your life, for your spiritual vision, for your business, you can do that today. And you can operate on a different level, on a different playing field when you tune out the noise, tune out, you know, the fake news and the fear and all of that and choose to live in a beautiful state and from it, like an inner state of, of love. Cause there's really only two states. You're, you're either in fear or a version of fear, or you're in a beautiful state, which is, you know, love, bliss, joy. Like there isn't another one. We call them a lot of different names, but if you really get true and, you know, see, see the truth yeah. of, of it, there's only those two states. So you just get to choose and you can reach your, there are some days that I'm up to them all day long, <laughs> right? Like, cause yep. you just keep things happen. But once you, it's like building a muscle. Once you exercise it enough, you're not choosing it from a fundamental level. It's more just, oops, I, you know, I got off track. I'll choose right. to back on track. Yeah. Somebody I was talking to uh, for another one of these, uh, this month's series too said, think about it as like the rumble strips on the side of the road. So when you start having the negative thoughts or, you know, you're, you start getting into that fear mode, it's like, you know, don't, it's like rumble strips reminding you, okay, Hey, Hey, just a gentle warning, get back in the road. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's a great Clearly I'm going to steal it and use it all the time. (laughs) You go girl. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Stacey, I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they want to find out everything they can about your programs and how they may help them. What's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. So the best way is to go to the website, which is thetruthteachers.com. Excellent. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? You know, it would just be to remember that fear is always going to be there. You just have to consciously decide that you're not going to let fear drive your car. You're going to be the driver. Fear can sit next to you, can get out. You start out the window, wherever, but it's always going to be there. And so just like we were talking about before, you know, when there are a lot of roadblocks or a lot of fear and you're about to do something, when you're doing big things, big fear is going to show up. And so Mm -hmm. lean into that, plow through it and just know that 
there, there's an element of like the small you doesn't want you to accomplish this big thing because that means you're going to grow and you're going to impact a lot of people and bring them up with you. So just lean into that and go for it. I love it. When you are doing big things, big fear will show up. I think that's is absolutely perfect. Stacy. thank you. This was fantastic. Thank you for sharing your expertise and your energy with us today. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.